they have a ton of cap space to play with next season. And obviously, you're probably going to get a top pick. You can't mess this up. I mean, you are in a perfect position to rebuild this team in the right way. So you want to take two steps forward, not two steps back here. Very important who they choose to make those decisions. Yeah, I just think it's so fascinating. It is the story of the team right now, right? The story isn't that they're they're tanking uh, and, and heading into the tank. It's that uh, there's a perfect situation here. It just It's a perfect time to reset the head coach, the coaching staff, the quarterback, all of it. It's a perfect time to reset it. Uh, will they do that? Will the Crafts actually pull that trigger after 23 years with Bill Belichick? Hey there, everybody. Welcome into the show. It's the Patriots Wire podcast. Ryan O'Leary here, joined as always by my good friend, Jordy McElroy. You could support us by hitting subscribe, leaving a review, telling a friend, spreading the word. You're, we're available wherever you get your pods, and we appreciate you for joining us. Jordy, how you doing this week, my friend? I'm doing better, Ryan. You know, I guess I'm at that third stage of grief which is acceptance that the Patriots are just a bad football team this year. Yes. So I'm not I'm not as angry as I've been in previous weeks after those two blowout losses to the Saints and the Cowboys, and then obviously this past Sunday tripping up over the Las Vegas Raiders. But I'm doing I'm doing pretty good, my friend. How are you? Yeah, I think this is kind of the death of hope, right? This is the death of hope. When you lose to Josh McDaniels and Brian Hoyer, like how, how can you have any hope left, Jordy, right? We have we have reached that time. There is no more hope, and at this point, it's such a disaster. It's officially a disaster, and now I think the most interesting story with the Patriots is what are the Crafts going to do? What is Robert Kraft, Jonathan Kraft, what are they going to do? The ball is now in their court. The Patriots, Jordy, they're projected to have the most cap space of any team in the league in 2024. This is actually not something we've touched upon. People have written about this. The Athletic, I think uh, Greg Bedard on Boston Sports Journal has covered this stuff. Uh, They're projected to have the most cap space in football. If they continue on their current trajectory, they're going to be in the top five. I mean, they got Buffalo this week. We'll talk about that matchup here in a little bit. Then they got Miami. I mean, very real situation here. They could be one in seven. Uh, and that's just, you know, at that point, you're on you're on a path to the top five pick. We've all kind of accepted it, as you said, right, in, in the in the five stages of grief. We're, we're in the acceptance phase. We've we're about to stomach a non-competitive season. I think we know that what's coming here. And the Patriots will have the resources to set themselves up for the future in 2024. They can finally hit that reset button. They can start over, whatever you want to call it. But Jordy, who gets to make those decisions, right? Like, it's, are, are the Crafts going to let Bill Belichick, who will be 72 in April, spend that kind of draft capital where they're going to let him either make that high pick in the top five, something that Belichick has not gotten to do with the Patriots? I think his highest draft pick was Richard Seymour, number six overall back in 2001. He also picked Gerard Mayo, number 10 overall, I believe, but he's never had a top five pick in 23 years with the Patriots. That's where they're heading. Is Belichick going to get to make that call? Is it going to be the next quarterback? It seems like they need another quarterback, right? Uh, are they going to try to make a trade, move up and get their guy? Like, what are they going to do? And what are they going to do with all this cap space? Is Bill Belichick really going to be the guy still pulling the strings if he wants to be here? Wow. What a, what a story that is, right? What And that's the one we're going to keep coming back, back to. Are the Crafts going to let Belichick make those calls, pull those strings, and if not him, who? And with the number two overall pick, the Patriots select <laughs> a cornerback. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, that's probably how, how it would go. It's just, at this point, Bill Belichick is 71 years old, and we've done this too many times. Is Belichick, he's going to get the defensive guy. This is what he does. I mean, even last draft, 
You know, heading in, we talked about how the team needed an offensive tackle, how they needed a wide receiver, and Belichick drafts three defensive players right off the bat and doesn't draft an offensive tackle at all. I mean, it's just you, you can't win this way in the league anymore. Drafting all defense and then your offense stinking and you, you're throwing a quarterback under center there. You know, it doesn't matter who Belichick gets under center at this point. If he doesn't build the offense up around him, they're going to fail and they won't succeed. So at this point, Ron, I, I really don't want Bill Belichick making those decisions anymore. I've seen enough of it. I don't trust him to make the right decisions. You know, I can sit here and tell you, in my opinion, I don't think Bill Belichick has ever been a great evaluator of offensive talent. I mean, you know, he might have a hit here or there, but it's just it's more more often than not, he's going to have a miss. This is just kind of how he is when he comes to the offensive side of the football. You know, he's great, great evaluator on the defensive side. Obviously, you see it with the team with Christian Gonzalez. That was an amazing pick, and we could go on and on, you know, past years of him picking up great defensive additions to the roster. But on offense, I just don't see it. And the offense is so bad right now. They just they have to improve, and to improve, they need to hand the reins over to someone else. You know, is that Matt Groh? Is that is is that somebody else that comes in and, and takes over the GM position? I would love to see this Bill Belichick thing work in New England. I'm not I'm not kicking the bucket on Bill as a head coach. I think Bill Belichick's still a damn good head coach in this league, but Bill Belichick stinks as a general manager. I'm sorry. It's just the way that it is. You know, we don't call him the greatest GM of all time. We call him the greatest head coach of all time. And I just think at this point in his career, Bill needs to stick in his line. Do you think uh, Bill, the coach, is still getting the job done as we speak right now, Jordy? He's not. But here's the issue. I don't think any coach would get the job done with this roster. True. I mean, obviously, the Patriots are really good on the defensive side of the ball. Even after losing guys, they still look competent on defense. You know, you bring back a J.C. Jackson, and he's kind of holding things down in the secondary. And then, obviously, the pass rush, they desperately missed Matthew Judon, but they're still able to make some plays up there as well and keep the team in games they probably shouldn't even be in to begin with. You know, aside from the obviously the Saints and the Cowboys games, which, you know, when the offense is turning the ball over as much as they are, I don't know if we can blame the defense for that either. But at the end of the day, this roster stinks and it starts with the roster building. And that starts with the man at the top, the man with the hoodie, Bill Belichick. Here's the question, Jordy, right? If Bill wants to be back, are the crafts really going to fire him? Right. That's that's what I can't wrap my head around. I know I'm, I'm with you. I'm ready for a reset. I've said this in past episodes. I'm ready for new head coach, new quarterback, new staff, right? I don't want all of Bill's. I don't even want his assistant coaches that are going to preach the same stuff as him. I want to refresh a reset. Love you. Mean it, Bill. Like it's been great. Like you brought a lot of happiness to me in my childhood watching the Patriots. You and Tom Brady were the greatest combination in sports history. One of them, at least uh, across the board. But it's not working right now. We've reached rock bottom. We've reached the death of hope. We've reached a point where, again, we can't beat Josh McDaniels and Brian Hoyer, um, which is just, at that point as a fan, you got to throw your hands up and say it's it's over. Um, but if Bill's not done, Jordy, if he still wants to be here, he he goes into the, the office at the end of the season and says and tells Robert and Jonathan Kraft, guys, I want to be here. Do the Krafts really move on from him? I'm, I'm sure they're thinking about that right now, Jordy, but... Do you think they pull the trigger? Do they hand the keys to Gerard Mayo? Like, what's the move? I think in the perfect world, Bill goes in there and it's a mutual thing, right? He takes that decision off the craft's plate. He says, guys, it's not working. 
I wanted to leave the team in a certain spot when I left, but I'm not getting to where I wanted to be. It's not working. The players, I can't get the players to do what I want, but they're not getting the message, whatever, whatever the excuse is, right? Maybe he puts it on himself and steps away. That's just not, that doesn't sound like Belichick to me. You know what I mean? So I, I don't know if that's going to happen. If it was a mutual parting of ways, that would make sense. That would be good for both parties. But what if it's Bill stepping into the Kraft's office at the end of the season, Jordy, saying, I want to be here. Do you think the Kraft's push him out? Do you think they fire him? I mean, I think if Bill starts to do the right thing by the offense, I, I think I think we're at a point now where Bill would kind of have to prove it. And if he were to actually approach them and he were to tell them that he really wants to be here and he really wants to stay, I think they might consider it if Bill ceases – to, to run the to to run the the GM responsibilities you know at this point I just I don't think Bill Belichick is a great GM I think that's what it comes down to I don't think it has anything to do with him necessarily as a head coach I think it's the fact that the personnel stinks on offense right now and it's us and it's his doing you know I, I've heard a lot of fans kind of defend him and um, I was talking to a fan recently who was basically saying, oh, what's Bill supposed to do? Look at the roster. I'm like, dude, he built the roster. Exactly. I mean, goodness. You can't stub your toe into a chair and blame the chair. You stubbed your toe. You did it. So it's just it's one of those things. I think Bill would have to show if he wanted to stay in a GM role, I think Bill would have to show that he's making the steps towards fixing the offense. And, you know, that could start with him. Perhaps pulling off a big trade before the deadline. Could you go out? Could you get a Jerry Judy? Who I'm not. I'll be honest with you. You know, Judy's kind of struggled a little bit. I'm not. I'm not so sold on him as as the guy. As the number one guy uh, right now. Obviously, that whole spill with Steve Smith there. That's Steve so, Smith. Obviously, I have that on the board. Question. If you want to listen to it, it was awesome. It was great. It was really great. You know, Steve Smith's still fiery, even though he's not on the football field anymore. Calling him a jag, just another guy. Well, I can tell you right now, the Patriots don't need just another guy. They need the guy. And if Jerry Judy's not the guy, I'm not sure if we necessarily want him in New England. But a guy like a T. Higgins or something like that, I'd love to have him in, in New England. That would be fantastic. Uh, I'm not sure how realistic that is. But, you know, not just a receiver – Maybe he can go, go out and find some offensive line talent. It's just, I feel like Bill's going to have to show some sort of commitment to offense and that he's willing that he's willing to work on that side of the ball more instead of bargain bin shopping. We can't do that anymore. But here's the, here's the issue, Ron. This is what scares me the most. Even if Bill is willing to do that, is he good enough? Is he a good enough evaluator of offensive talent to make that work? I mean, it's not like we we haven't seen Bill use a first-round draft pick or a second-round draft pick on the offensive side of the ball. You know, in recent years, obviously, you go out and you get Cole Strange, you know, last year, who, uh, you know, Cole's kind of – he's kind of been hit or miss here recently. And obviously, he's a bit banged up this year, so we'll kind of see what happens there. But obviously, you know, you go out and you get Tyquan Thornton, who hasn't really shown up yet. And then you go out and then – the, the worst one that the, the kill Harry recently that when I was there in the draft room when that happened and looking at all the stunned look on the reporter's face like the kill who what what's going on here but I mean if are we at that point where Bill just can't evaluate the offensive talent good enough to trust him there I'll be honest even if Bill asks I'd love to have Bill back as a head coach but if I'm Kraft I'm moving on from Bill as the GM. It's just not working anymore. He's 71 years old. Can't see him changing. 
It is what it is. Sometimes it's time to move on. You wonder too, Jordy, is did he think in 2021 when he drafted Mac Jones, that was him giving, you know, giving the offense enough love? Like, hey, I picked the quarterback. I picked Mac Jones. Uh, you know, but yeah, it's it's so true. You go through some of the first round picks for the Patriots under Belichick. Uh, the only offensive pro bowlers that he picked in the first round were offensive linemen, Logan Mankins, Damian Woody. The rest of them are all defensive players. Vince Wilfork, Brandon Merriweather actually made a Pro Bowl, if you can believe that. Gerard Mayo, Devin McCourty, Chandler Jones, Dante Hightower. Like, this is all the hits are on defense the first round. And now you're going to hand Bill that, that number five, number four, whatever it's going to be, what pick it is in the first round for the Patriots. Like, oh, I'm with you, man. Uh, and you wonder, you know, are the crafts going to say that, hey, that's got to be an offensive pick? Do you want Bill making that that call? I think that's a, a very fair, um, a very fair take on the situation the timing the timing is so important too because sorry to interrupt but like this is at this point in time like you said it earlier they have they have a ton of cap space to play with next season and obviously you're probably going to get a top pick you can't mess this up I mean you are in a perfect position to rebuild this team in the right way so you want to take two steps forward not two steps back here very important who they choose to make those decisions yeah I just think it's so fascinating. It is the story of the team right now, right? The story isn't that they're they're tanking uh, and, and heading into the tank. It's that uh, there's a perfect situation here. It just It's a perfect time to reset the head coach, the coaching staff, the quarterback, all of it. It's a perfect time to reset it. Uh, will they do that? Will the Crafts actually pull that trigger after 23 years with Bill Belichick? It's, it's such a fascinating story. We'll keep coming back to it. I want to talk about Malik Cunningham. Jordy, um, free Malik, if you will, hashtag free Malik. I was ex- as excited about a Patriots game as I've been for a while when the news about Malik uh, getting signed to the active roster came out, uh, when he was active for the football game and the number two quarterback, when Bailey Zappi was the emergency quarterback, number three, and Malik was number two. I was like, what? I was so fired up, man. I, I think I was as fired up for a Patriots game since I've been since Thanksgiving night last year. When the Pats had that game against Minnesota, remember that one? They were six and four entering that game. They had won three in a row, five of their last six. They were there. They had some real momentum. There was some juice around the team. Uh, it's gone downhill since then, since that Minnesota game on Thanksgiving last year. They're three and ten, the team. Uh, so we haven't really had that feeling, but I was excited. I was excited about Malik Will, uh, Malik Cunningham, what it was going to look like, what kind of package of plays he was going to get, uh, and what happened? <laughs> what happened there, Jordy, right? It was just like a big buildup for a letdown, right? Cause we didn't see him. We didn't see him throw a pass. We didn't really see him get to run the ball. We didn't see him get to catch the ball. We, we just got to see him take a sack and be a decoy out there. And that was really deflating. Uh, when the offense just does what it always does out there. Mac Jones throws another horrible interception. They struggle to move the football. They struggle to protect the passer. They struggle to score points and they lose to the Raiders, um, in this game. And they couldn't figure out that the Raiders were going to move Max Crosby to the right side of the line. It's like, wow, oh boy, I couldn't, who could have saw that coming? Who could have saw that coming, Jordy? So, man, uh, I thought Malik Cunningham, he kind of gave us some hope and then that got shredded because they didn't really use him. What'd you think about that whole thing? Yeah, I mean, on that, on that Max Crosby play, obviously Gasicki and, and Lowe didn't see that coming because they just got absolutely blasted on the edge there oh before God. Mac Jones gets crushed to basically end the game. Terrible blocking on that end. But you know what, Ron? I mean, here's the thing, and I'm going to get to Malik Cunningham, but 
you know, that Crosby play, that just kind of goes to show you just how bad things are for the Patriots in general. And they're off with the offensive talent. They could protect Mac Jones. You, you know that Mac Jones threw that bad pick, but I honestly, I didn't think Mac Jones played that, that terribly in that game. I actually thought Mac Jones was, was okay in that game. I mean, he took the sacks when he needed to. He didn't really force anything other than that one pick play. That's sort of how the Patriots need Mac Jones to play if they are to survive. And I think right now the Patriots think Mac Jones is their best option to win football games. But, but at this point where you're when you're sitting at one and five and soon to be one and seven, most likely, you start to you start to look on down the depth chart. You see a guy like a Malik Cunningham, a guy that can they can make some plays on the move. They can, you know, not be a statue there in the pocket behind a bad offensive line. He's able to kind of scramble around and, you know, maybe he can make some magic happen. The, the, the defensive players, they have to take him seriously as a threat to run the ball. So that kind of – it opens up some other op- opportunities downfield, hopefully, you know. So it's just – it's it's something I would have liked to see. You know, it was a Saturday, obviously, and here I am chilling on my Saturday thinking like, oh, it's going to be a quiet Saturday. And then <laughs> all of a sudden you're seeing you're seeing Malik Cunningham. He's Malik signed a three-year deal to the main roster. And then it's all hell breaks loose. It's craziness. But it's exciting craziness. I was excited as well thinking like, oh, my gosh, it's really getting, getting ready to happen. We're going to see Cunningham get some reps under center. But like you said, he didn't really use him much. We'll see going forward. You know, obviously it's the first game. I didn't expect him to necessarily throw him in a game. They're still one and four. That was a close game. So you're thinking, you know, you still had a chance to win that game, which which you did if Devontae Parker doesn't drop a freaking easy pass. I mean, come on. We can talk about that another day, but I was really fired up about that one right there. Right in his hands, dropped it. Probably the best throw Max of Max season so far. But you know, not just not just the drop, but just boneheaded penalties, just stupid mistakes that that cost him that game. But that's a game the Patriots could have won, and you're sitting at two and four. And you know, obviously, you're probably still not going anywhere. But at least there's still hope there, where there's none now. But obviously, yeah, down the line, Ryan, maybe we do see more Malik Cunningham. Bill Belichick addressed reporters earlier this morning, and he said, you know, Malik's still young. We'll see. And that was that was in direction to a question asking if he felt comfortable with Malik Cunningham getting getting most of the reps for a full game. So maybe down the line as the team continues to lose football games, which looks like that's what's exactly going to happen, maybe we will see more Malik Cunningham in there. I can't imagine them signing him to a three-year deal to just to just play around with this thing. They obviously saw something there in in practice you know, off the practice squad that they really liked, and I think they want to get him in the mix. So we'll see if he gets more active here moving forward. Him being the number two quarterback in the game, Jordy, really surprised me. Now, I I expected him to have a package of plays kind of like a Taysom Hill, right? Like, so if you read The Athletic, Taysom Hill, Malik Cunningham did that. He he played the Taysom Hill role on the scout team when the Patriots were preparing for the Saints. Right. So the Patriots had that game against the Saints a couple weeks ago on the scout team. Malik Cunningham played the Taysom Hill role and the coaches watched it and said, "Whoa, boy, this this guy looks pretty good with the ball in his hands. Right. So they're like, maybe we should get him up. Oh, wow. Hey, you, you think what a novel concept. So but they haven't worked him at, at quarterback enough. Right. Like if, if he was going to be a quarterback, if he was going to be max backup quarterback in a game, wouldn't he have had to play quarterback all through the summer? 
training camp all season. Like he hasn't been a quarterback. He's been freaking wide receiver, right? They have had him all over the place. They haven't been repping him at QB enough. It's why he was never a really viable quarterback coming into the season. It's why he was on the practice squad. He didn't make the original 53. It's because at first they had him behind Zappy at quarterback, right? They didn't think he was, they were, they were tinkering with him as a gadget player, as a wide receiver. So now he's your backup. Now he's going to get real reps at quarterback. Can they, can they get him up to speed fast enough here in the middle of the season? Like that seems mismanaged to me, right? I want to see it. Uh, I would love it if he comes in and actually plays quarterback for the Patriots, but it doesn't make much sense given what he's, where he's been repping at practice. You know what I mean? You know what I'm trying to say there? It's like, I don't know. Like I'd rather him have a real package of plays like Taysom Hill. Give him, give him a series, give him a series of quarterback, bring him in as a freaking wide receiver. Like put him out there, put him on the field more. The saints have Taysom Hill out there more than half the snaps. I think get, get Malik Cunningham on the freaking field. Give it a shot. They didn't do it. So I think the Taysom Hill role makes more sense, but is it feasible, Jordy, that given where they've had him on the practice squad and, and what he's been doing and where he's been repping, is it feasible that he actually does become the quarterback and could actually start games for the Patriots by the end of the year? It's so hard to know right now because, like you said, he just he hasn't had enough reps out there. But, I mean, at this point, obviously, it's almost like a Hail Mary thing where you're looking at you're looking at what's happening right now at quarterback, and it's just – the Patriots just aren't good enough, so why not throw him out there for maybe a game or two and just kind of see what the kid has? I mean, obviously, Mac Jones. Look, I, I get it. Mac Jones is a he's an easy scapegoat, and I'm going to write about that this week. You know, he's he's the easy scapegoat right now. Obviously, he's obviously the turnovers are terrible. They're not a good look. They're awful. It's embarrassing. You can't can't have more turnovers than you do touchdowns. Just can't have it, especially when they're turning into pick sixes all the time, you know. But Mac Jones, man, offensive line's terrible. The receivers are terrible. I mean, are we expecting Malik Cunningham to do much better in that situation? Maybe he can scramble around and make some make some off scripted plays happen downfield, possibly. But at the same time, it's just the offense is just not good enough. It's not, man. You know, Bailey Zappi, obviously, he's not good enough. Will Greer, I mean, he's a he's a wild card out here, but he's been this is his fourth team. I mean, what are we expected from that guy at this point? So I don't know, Ryan. At this point, I mean, I would be okay with them putting Cunningham in for a game or two and just kind of seeing what he has. I mean, what do you have to lose at this point? I mean, look, they're already sitting at one and five. You're about to play the Buffalo Bills and get stomped out. They stomped you out when you were actually a decent football team. Now you're a bad football team. I mean, it'll probably be ugly this weekend. And then obviously you play that juggernaut offense of the Miami Dolphins that we know you can't hang with. They did you did a good job earlier in the season, but that was when you still had hope. And then obviously your defense was complete, not banged up to hell. So it's just it's one of those situations where I would like to see Malik Cunningham get some snaps, get in there, see what he has, but let's try not to ruin the kid, please. Yeah, I'm with you. It's just like you're averaging 12 points a game, to your point, Jordy. Like It, it can't get worse than this. Uh, Cunningham was a stud at Louisville. He, he, didn't he break all of Lamar Jackson's rushing records and all that stuff, passing too? Like he was, he was great in college, so at least put him in there in a real Taysom Hill role. Like Put him out there at quarterback, put him out there at receiver, and Get him out there for more than six snaps and actually try something different. Like Belichick promised he was going to try. He was going to reset it or start over or whatever. And it was the same old crap on Sunday. It was probably 
you could probably call it their worst performance of the season, really, against Brian Hoyer. Come on. Brian Hoyer. It's Brian Hoyer. <laughs> he lost to the freaking Raiders <laughs> of Brian Hoyer. I can't get over that, Jordy. But anyway, we got to move on. We got to play the Bills this week, uh, a Bills team that has owned you, if you're if you're the Patriots. We'll get into that here coming up next. Uh, but first, here's some fantasy advice for week seven from thehuddle.com. <laughs> I'm Corey Bonini of TheHuddle.com, here to bring you fantasy football strong plays for week number seven. Quarterback Jordan Love, Green Bay Packers at Denver Broncos. Love returns from his bye week with an offense that should be as healthy as it has been all season, and he heads to the Mile High City to face a Denver unit that has given up 12 passing touchdowns in five contests, which is tied for the most in football. Only three of 168 attempts have been intercepted, and just the Washington Commanders have given up more fantasy points, mostly due to allowing big numbers to running quarterbacks. Love is a rock-solid quarterback one play. Running back Kareem Hunt, Cleveland Browns at Indianapolis Colts. As of Wednesday, Hunt was dealing with a thigh injury, so keep track of that one. But his workload ramped up last week, and he saw 12 carries and 3 receptions, resulting in 71 total yards and a score. He still fell behind Jerome Ford in utilizations, but that kind of touch tally cannot be ignored, especially in a week when you have 6 teams on bye. Indianapolis has allowed the 10th most PPR points in the last 5 weeks, and just 4 teams have been worse at keeping running backs out of the end zone on the ground. Desperate owners can roll with Hunt as an RB2 or a flex play. Wide receiver Joshua Palmer, Los Angeles Chargers at Kansas City Chiefs. Palmer has at least 10 PPR points in three straight contests, and he draws single coverage as defenses look to contain Keenan Allen. While Austin Eckler's return last week lowers Palmer's ceilings a little bit, there's still enough to go around in this high-volume passing offense. He has scored three times in the last two games versus Kansas City, and the Chiefs have given up four wide receiver touchdowns in the last five weeks. Plus, this one could turn into a shootout. Palmer is a quality wide receiver three during Bimageddon. Tight end Luke Musgrave, Green Bay Packers at Denver Broncos. We're double dipping on the Packers passing game with this one. There have been a few flashes from the rookie in 2023, and this could be the week in which it all comes together. Denver is the worst defense at limiting tight ends in the last five weeks. Six teams are on a bye to amplify the need to take a risk, and Musgrave has tallied six catches in two of the last three contests. The Broncos have permitted the most yards on the third most catches and touchdowns at the 11th highest rate since the end of week one. For more award-winning fantasy football news, tips, and advice, please be sure to check out the huddle all right bills week uh the bills are are four and two um not playing great football over the last couple weeks jordy but playing better football than the patriots this game is at gillette stadium the patriots opened as nine point home underdogs which would make them jordy the that's their biggest uh they're they're that's that's the most lopsided spread at home they've had since Tom Brady was a uh, made his first start against Peyton Manning. Okay, so this is what we're talking about. <laughs> Two thousand one, according to the Athletic. Uh, so give me your leadoff take on Patriots Bills. I'm sure you're feeling great about the Patriots in this one. Oh yeah, I'm definitely. I'm feeling. I'm feeling fantastic heading into this game. You know, I expect Mac Jones to throw for over three hundred yards. I'm just. I'm just kidding. I, I can't even. I can't even kid, Ryan. This is. This game is going to be ugly. It's going to be a beatdown, most likely, unfortunately. But at this point, man, I'm fine with the Patriots losing. I am. I'm fine with them losing. Get the highest draft pick you can get, and hopefully you can come away with a quarterback in 2024 because this season just kind of seems down the drain. But we'll see, man. We'll see what happens. The Patriots, and I've, I've been saying it all season long, and watch it catch me this year, or watch it catch me for this game right here. Um, even though I'm leaning, obviously I'm leaning Bills and I would take the points. I expect him to beat the brakes off the Patriots. But watch, watch this catch me this week. It's the fact that I think this Patriots team is can sneakily win a, win a big game or two. I really do. And this is sort of why I have my doubts about them getting Caleb Williams 
Because I just I think I I think they might win a couple a couple of games they shouldn't win. So you got the Bills coming in New England. The Bills haven't the Bills have looked a little shaky here recently. Obviously didn't look great against the New York Giants. So now they're coming to Foxborough. Patriots is still reeling right now. At the end of the day, Ron, there's a lot of there's a lot of pride in that locker room. I hear some of the guys stand up there and talk. You know, especially Kendrick Bourne was up there talking to the media right after that loss, right after the loss against the Raiders, and he just seemed—I mean, he seemed confident still, sort of like like that they could still turn this thing around. They're not acting like the sky's falling like we are out on the outside. So it's a team that still believes in themselves, even though they've been terrible in big games. But I expect the Bills to come in and beat the brakes off of them. That's just that's my expectations. But this is also still when you're dealing with a team like this Patriots team, it would not shock me one bit if for some reason they covered or or they make this game a little bit closer than people are expecting. Well, let me ask you this, Jordy. Um, the Giants are kind of like they're kind of the Patriots twin. They can't block anyone. They were down to their backup quarterback in this game. So the quarterback play, I mean, it is what it is. They have no offensive weapons, really, besides Darren Waller, I guess, um, who has not been playing that well this year. And the Giants have been leaky on defense, has some injuries on that side of the ball. So the Giants are like the Patriots, and they almost beat the the Bills. Like, they they had the Bills on the ropes. The Giants were on the one-yard line at the end of the first half and at the end of the game, and they couldn't score, of course, because the the Giants, they're incapable (laughs) of scoring, kind of like the Patriots. They're very, very similar. The Bills had all kinds of trouble with the Giants. Does that give you any kind of hope as a Patriots fan that the Patriots could hang in this game? The Bills just played down to the level of competition with the Giants, right? They probably should have lost that game. It took a Josh Allen pulled that one out of his keister, that touchdown throw he had to Quentin Morris. I mean, he pulled that thing out of nowhere. That was an unbelievable play, but and Josh Allen looked like he got banged up a little bit. So is there any hope there that the Bills are just that kind of team that could play down to the level of their competition? You can go get them. Yeah, there's definitely hope there. And look, I'm a big Josh Allen believer. I think Josh Allen is sensational. But there are those games where, you know, he'll he'll throw some picks. He'll make some big mistakes. And I'll say this. If you're a Patriots fan, you got to like what you received from J.C. Jackson last week against Devontae Adams, who didn't really do much in that game. Obviously, you get carved up by Jacoby Myers. But they did a really good job there on Adams and limiting him, you know. Look, this this defense for the Patriots, they're not going to lie down. And they're a defense that can create opportunities for itself, and they can make some plays there. So if you get Mac Jones, if he can come into this game, not turn the ball over, which is saying a lot against a team that's as turnover thirsty and hungry as, as the freaking Bills are, they seem like they're always creating some type of turnover. And then obviously their pass rush is terrifying. And if you got you trot Vidarian Low out there, which we'll we'll see what happens there on right tackle for the Patriots. Uh, Connor McDermott returns, so maybe he's a guy that get some looks at right tackle, and maybe you can tighten things up on the offensive line there. Uh, we'll, we'll see what happens there. But if Mac Jones and the offense can come into this game and not turn the ball over, things can get a little interesting. I expect the defense to play pretty tough and give them opportunities. But then again, man, you got Josh Allen and Stephon Diggs; those guys are just so great at what they do. You just you never know. They can light things up at Foxborough here on Sunday, or the Patriots can play well against them. Like you said, the Bills have a tendency to kind of play down to the level of their opponent, and I do expect this Patriots team to win one or two games that they shouldn't win. Will it be against the Buffalo Bills? We will see. It's, it's an easy way to get back into it, Jordy. Just beat the Bills and the Dolphins, and then you're right back into it, right? we got a season. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no easy. problem. 
I'm with you. I love Josh Allen. He's a little erratic, but I do love him as a player. Uh, I think he's easy to root for and fun to root for. The Bills are kind of a stupid team. As talented as they are, they're a stupid team. They don't tend to play good situational football. It's a team that if the Patriots were right, you'd feel like they would have a shot, right? The Bills screwed it up against the Giants, too. They had the ball on offense. They were trying to run off the clock. They didn't. They were throwing the football, throwing incomplete passes, not draining enough clock. They gave the Giants all every opportunity they, they wanted to go down there and almost win the game. If the Giants were competent on offense and could score a touchdown, the Bills would have lost. Like, what a freaking unbelievable loss that would have been. 15 and a half point favorites at home, the Bills were. And they only scored 14 points. They almost lost. <laughs> uh, they're, they're a stupid team. They're a bad situational team. Uh, and if the Patriots were right, I think they'd have a shot. This, the, the Patriots aren't right, though. They don't, they're just not right. They're not right. They don't have the horses, obviously. You mentioned the pass rush. Vaughn Miller is back healthy. So we saw what the Raiders did with Max Crosby. I mean, Vaughn Miller should be able to feast. Uh, you know, the Bills have a lot of injuries on defense. So that's fair. They lost Trey White for the year. They lost Matt Milano. Great middle linebacker they lost. So that's, those definitely are hurting them. The Patriots should be able to run the ball. I mean, if the Patriots want to just commit to just plowing the football, not even throwing the ball, Jordy, just, just run Ezekiel Elliott up the middle. Maybe you got a shot. You know, maybe you got a shot a little bit on offense if you just pound the football because the Bills have not been stopping the run very well. They've had some injuries. Matt Milano's a key injury against the run. Daquan Jones, big defensive lineman. He's out, I think, for the year as well or out indefinitely. They've got some big injuries on defense. Maybe you got a chance there. Uh, but uh, this, the Bills' defense, if Mac Jones is going to throw the football and make mistakes, you're screwed because, like you said, um, the Patriots are up there near the top of the league in giveaways, and the Bills are up there in takeaways. So that doesn't seem like a good recipe. If you put the ball up for them to get, they're going to get it. Uh, it. It just overall does not feel like a great matchup, never mind the fact that the Bills have kind of owned the Patriots lately. Uh, they've I forget how many in a row they've won, but it seems like ever since that Cam Newton year, the Bills have kind of figured it out against Belichick. There was a couple games there where the Bills didn't punt. Remember that? <laughs> they, had yeah. a, they had a playoff game where the Bills just beat the brakes off of you. And ever since then, Josh Allen and Sean McDermott have kind of owned the Patriots. It hasn't really been that competitive against that team. And I don't know. I, I, I want to believe that they could. I don't think the Bills are like a well-oiled machine right now. They've looked really shaky the last two weeks. Ever since they went to London, they've looked shaky. Looked bad against the Jaguars. Looked horrible against that bad Giants team on Sunday Night Football at home. Uh, I want to feel like you can go get them, but what kind of faith can you have in this Patriots team? I, I just don't. If they were just playing mediocre football, Jordy, I'd give them a shot. But I'm with you. I would. I would back the Bills to win by ten plus. I would take the points. I, I, or I'd lay the points. I'd lay the points, even in Foxborough. First of all, I don't yeah, think yeah, and- the Foxborough thing doesn't exist anymore, right? Though you can't play the Patriots of Foxborough. That doesn't exist. And I just don't think <laughs> I have any faith in that team to to beat a good team like the Bills right now. I just don't. And I mean, and they can't they can't run the ball. I mean, I don't I don't think it's it's necessarily on on Zeke. I've actually thought Zeke has been running really efficiently. Um, and then obviously you got Ramondre back there as well. But when you can't when you can't block up front. And when you have guys in and out of the lineup, I mean, it's been a revolving door since the start of the season. The guys are just in and out, in and out with injuries. I mean, you can't create any sort of consistency up there. You can't run the football. So then you end up in situations where you're down early and Mac is having to throw you back into the game. So that right there, the Patriots aren't doing themselves any favors. If you can't run the football against this Bills defense, 
Then you're going to have Mac dropping back most likely to try to make plays to win with a bad receiving core and an even worse offensive line. I don't like it one bit. Me either. I think their path to victory is get some takeaways on defense, Jordy, and run the ball. And don't don't pass it unless you absolutely have to. <laughs> you know what I mean? Just don't throw the ball. Run it. I think you might have some, have a chance. I mean, the Jags ran all over the Bills with Travis Etienne a couple weeks ago. The Giants were were okay with Saquon Barkley back in the lineup. The pay, I think Ezekiel Elliott's giving you a little juice. Ramadre's looked better over the last couple weeks. I think you got to come in here and just pound the ball, pound it. Don't let Mac Jones make those mistakes. If if they turn if the Pats turn the ball over, there's no shot. It's not they're not going to be in it. So, can you get the turnovers and can you just protect the ball, run it, and try to win? Try to win fourteen to nine like the Bills beat the Giants. I think that's the path. <laughs> that's the path. I'm not feeling too confident about it though. Um, at all. Uh, anything folks should be looking at? Anything you're working on for Patriots Wire, Jordy? Maybe you're working on some articles about the Crafts firing Bill Belichick. Like what you got? What's in the works? Oh yeah, we'll always we'll always have the Bill Belichick talk going. That's just it's such a dominant topic right now. You know, kind of what what the team's going to do, how how they're going to approach this game moving forward, and you know, it, it's, there's there's a lot of talk with that right now. And then obviously too. I kind of want to touch in on Mac Jones a little bit. Is he being is he being scapegoated a little bit? Because you know, even even in that loss against the Raiders, I brought it up earlier. I didn't think Mac played all that bad. Obviously, you can't throw that can't throw that interception. That was a bad play. Tony Romo himself even came out and said he he thinks Mac is probably a better quarterback than people are people are giving him credit for being. But obviously, you can't have the turnovers. That's the biggest issue right now. But I did in that game, Ryan. You know, there were some plays where Matt kind of, you know, he he didn't he didn't make that throw. He took a sack. He threw the ball away. You know, that's kind of what you want to see from Matt Jones moving forward. Can he take that to the next level? Can he evolve with that? We'll see. But I kind of want to get into Matt Jones kind of being scapegoated right now. Getting rid of Matt Jones is not going to solve all the problems in New England. Is basically what the article will be about. But other than that, my friend, we'll be. We'll be covering the Buffalo Bills game coming up. You know, it almost feels like a funeral coming up because I don't expect the Patriots to do much in that game, but we'll see. You know, we, we talked about the Giants being in there. Maybe the Patriots can get in there and being a division rival, maybe they can they can test the Bills a little bit, make that game closer than expected, perhaps even win. Don't have my hopes too high on that one, but we shall see. Yeah, me either. That's an interesting take, though, on Mac Jones. I think – any any pro take, any pro article on Mac Jones should get the fan base riled up, Jordy. So that should be a good one for you. So we'll we'll have to check that one out on Patriots Wire. Of course, Jordy and the crew over there have you covered up until kickoff and beyond. Uh, once again, you can you can subscribe to the podcast uh, wherever you get it. Tell a friend, leave a review. We appreciate you hopping on board, staying on board all the way through. We'll be back weekly throughout the season, uh, including next week to break down Pat's bills. Hopefully, it's not too ugly. We'll catch you then. Thank you.